I wish people took the resolve they had for making everything else in their life work out to making their investments and their money work out. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with Patrice Washington. And as you know, this is the space where we come to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. And I'm so excited about our guests for today because they are going to help you reassess, reanalyze, rethink, and yes, redefine how you see wealth. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind you how important it is to rate and review the podcast so that other purpose chasers who don't even know that we're out here can find us using these algorithms. So we need you to rate and review the podcast. Before we jump into today's amazing guest, though, I want to start with the affirmation of the week. So here we go. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life your day you gotta affirm positivity you gotta affirm abundance you gotta affirm yourself to wealth today's affirmation is i deserve to be wealthy because i add value to others i am blessed with unique abilities and talents there is something I do better than anyone else around me with the least amount of effort. When I understand my value, I create wealth by knowing what to charge for my service or product. Selling myself short is an insult to God. He has given me the ability to produce wealth and I need to do that. When I don't maximize that potential to the fullest, I cannot turn around and expect much more else financially. So today I will determine and appreciate my value. I will be much more confident in charging what I'm worth and communicating that to the marketplace. Declare today, I deserve to be wealthy because I add value to others. Today's guest is Angela Matthews. She's an investor, investment coach, and the founder of the Happy Investor Method, whose goal is to make investing accessible and fun for all. A first-generation investor, Angela was making $40,000 a year and had six figures in debt when she taught herself how to generate multiple six figures passively in the stock market. Since then, she has used her investments to become a hotel owner, ooh, we got to hear about this, real estate investor and angel investor, and her mission is to help others do the same. I am so excited. So without further ado, here is Angela Matthews. Hey, I am so excited to be here with you all today. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so glad we got to meet at FinCon um, yes. last year. That's how we were introduced. And I really invited you um, to the show, Angela, because a big part of going through a transition, which I've talked to you about before, is going through a transition of something like divorce is I believe that getting your finances back on track and in order is an act of self-love like to ignore what's going on with your finances or to be continuously frightened or fearful of 
making choices and making big steps in your finances, it just, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the legacy you want to live or leave. No one is served when we are afraid. And I wanted you to come on because I love that you say the happy investor method, because I'm going to be honest, even when I first was introduced to investing, I did not feel happy. I think happy is a great word that you've added to it. But a lot of women, and studies show this over and over again, come into this, this realm of investing with a little trepidation, or they're nervous about doing the wrong thing, or what if I don't get it right? And so I just want to get to starting with your philosophy about being a happy investor. Where did that come from? So for me, when I think about happy investing, I just wanted to let people know out the gate that it's going to be a good thing, right? And that's the reason why it's not investing happy or investing, you know, sadness, whatever it is. <laughs> I'm really big on the power of words. And because we speak, that's going to be our reality. And so I'm clear, I'm going to be a very wealthy person in my entire lifetime. But I'm also clear, I'm going to be very happy and joyful and just abundant with all the things. And so when we set the tone for a happy investor method, the emotion of happiness is just, there's a smile that comes on someone's face the second they hear the name happy investor method. I'm because smiling right now. Yes. <laughs> In that moment, it already shifts a belief that you might have that you might not even know you have of, I thought investing was something that was scary. I thought it was something that was not for me, but heck, who doesn't want to be happy? So happy was definitely something that when I prayed about it, it fell in my lap. And the other part in terms of an investor method, I think a lot of us think of ourselves as investors and we totally are for many levels of our life. But I did want to let people know that there is a strategy behind being an effective investor. And so that's why we have an actual method because it's almost like a recipe. You follow the method, you check it off, you're gonna have some cake instead of, I don't know, bread or crackers, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. Yeah, and having a method, it, it gives you confidence. I, I'm a firm believer that just like clarity breeds confidence. And so when you have a method and, and something that you can clearly follow, right? Of course, your confidence is going to be built. And I love what you said too, about words have power. Something that I've said on the podcast many times is that what we verbalize, we magnify and magnetize in our own lives. And so it's one of the reasons that many years ago, I stopped saying emergency funds. And I remember I was doing media and I kept saying opportunity fund. And anyone who's read my books, if you read Real, Redefine Wealth for Yourself or Real Money Answers for Women or Men, you know, I talk about having an opportunity fund. I don't believe in using the term emergency fund because I'm not trying to magnify or magnetize emergencies in my life. So I would have people send me messages, um, Angela, and they'd be like, you're setting people up for failure. We, you have to have a rainy day fund. You have to have an emergency fund. And I go, no, here's the deal. We save for what we desire. We are so much more inclined to save for what we truly want. No one really wants a flat tire. No one really wants to change their roof. Like all the things that might come up and feel like an emergency, right? We don't save for those because it's very fear-based. Um, but if we are saving for opportunities, the things we do want, the vacation, the kid going to college debt-free, um, insert whatever it is you might be thinking about. If an emergency does happen, you have an opportunity to handle it with ease and grace, right? What, what could have been catastrophic for you just ends up being an inconvenience because it's better 
to have to like have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And when I saw Happy Investor, I thought the same thing because so many people, I think, look at investing as this like overwhelming, um, maybe necessary evil if you even get to that point in your financial journey and you're kind of backing it out like, mm, no, we have to first heal our relationship with money, our thoughts around this and our idea of what investing is is really all about. So I want to know, how did you even get into investing? Is this just who you've always been? No. <laughs> <laughs> flat simple answer no so I grew up in Queens and my parents are immigrants and we were right at that low income mark where we weren't rich enough to qualify for um for anything to do on ourselves but we weren't also poor enough to get that government assistance so it was right over the belt of you struggling, but you ain't struggling enough, friend. And mm -hmm. so in that context, we were always in a context of catching up, catching up, catching up. And I talk about my dad a lot because this is the power of planting seeds in other generations. My dad one day sat me down and said, hey, if we invested in one stock a year, our lives would be very different. Now, here's the thing about my dad. My dad used to work in an investment bank and he did the grunt work, but he never actually invested in the stock market. So he was around it, which is a lot like a lot of us, right? A lot of us are around investing. A lot of us might be accountants or a lot of us might even be in the money fields or a lot of us may work with companies that we could potentially invest in, but it just doesn't click until one day when you're older or in hindsight, you're like, man, if I had just done this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was telling me that. And what I got from that was, how can I avoid this moment in my life in the future? Mm. How can I hear this man in his reflection of his past and his desire for my life to be better and make it better for myself and my kids? So okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We can't just, we can't just like roll past that because- one of the things that I talk about is for us as adults to be transparent about what we've done and what we didn't do, because those seeds could really go on to serve the next generation. What so many of us are afraid to bring up um, is, is from this place of, well, I don't know it all. Well, I didn't do it. I didn't master it. So I just don't even have the conversation. And we're really doing the next generation a disservice because they can learn I love that that was your takeaway. Like, what can I pull from this man's reflection so I don't have to say this myself, you know, down the road when I'm his age? Most of us go right past that. Like, it, like kudos to your dad for even having the bravery to say that to you, knowing that he wasn't able to do it or didn't choose to do it for whatever reason. And then you, to be able to grasp it and do something with it is it's not, it's not common. Yeah, well, thank you for saying that. And I hope that for someone who's listening, they can actually reflect on the things that they were said, um, that was said to them because the answers are already there, right? I'm a firm believer, especially the season that I'm walking to into my life. I'm clear that everything I need to be anything I want to become, I already got it. I've already heard it. I already have access to it. It's already here. I just need to go with my little flashlight and I just need to go with my notepad, comb through some journals, do what I have to do to pick up the lessons that were already given to me. Because I don't want to necessarily repeat them if I don't have to. Well, what about people who say I have to do bad by myself, Angela? I got to do it by my, I, I got to go through the tough, the rough, the dirty all by myself. 
that's fine if you want to always be on the struggle bus. But, <laughs> and I'm a tough love gal, right? So I'm a love, yeah. you, I'm gonna hug you and then I'm a shake you. And then I'm gonna like give you a little slap in the back, like, you know, around. And then I'm gonna hug you again and kiss you up. So that's how I am. And so there has to be a decision when everyone makes a really clear commitment to who they want to be going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. And it really just start with a commitment, a decision, deciding, right? Decision is literally a separation. And you are deciding, you are deciding to separate yourself from the person that you were in the past, the old things that are no longer serving you, you make a decision to not be okay with that anymore. And that doesn't mean you throw away all the things. You just select what is going to serve you going in your forward. And you say, kick rocks to the things that aren't. So if you want to do bad all by yourself, how's that working out for you? Mm. Is it giving you the results you truly desire? And I suspect if you're hearing this, because I believe that everything happens in divine timing, that perhaps it might not be. Mm -hmm. Oh, so good. This week's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, if you've been following the Redefining Wealth podcast, then I know you've heard me say this before. You are only going to grow to the extent you are willing to heal. Well, my healing really didn't come until I decided to go to therapy and start asking for help. Therapy has given me the tools that I needed to find more harmony in life so that I could, yes, keep supporting other people, but not by leaving myself out. It's allowed me to deal with a lot of my childhood trauma, transition through these different seasons of life with just ease and grace and a bit more peace, and even connect with my family and friends on a much deeper and more personal level. If you've ever considered starting therapy, and I hope that you have, I wanna encourage you to give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com RW to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash R-W. So good, okay. So going back to even what your bio said, there was a point where you were six figures in debt and how did we go from six figures in debt to being an investor in a hotel and all this other stuff I I need to catch me up on this journey (laughs) so six figures in debt and just like you when you say that people were getting on you for not saying to have an emergency fund well for me I know that there are people in our field that might not resonate with what I'm about to say, but I wouldn't exist as an investor if I went with everybody's methodologies that were really common. And one of the common misconceptions is that you cannot invest while you have debt. A lot of people say, I have debt, I can't invest. Well, I'm here to tell you that I had six figures in debt, but I have a seven figure net worth now. So something's up, right? And I want to just say that it's possible for you to do it. So what happened to me I was sitting in my job making $40,000 a year. And this was one of those toxic relationship jobs, right? And if you ever had one and you have one that's really bad, you make a commitment to yourself to not go back to that or to fix it. So I had Googled and this was really, this was my best foot forward, Googling, because I didn't know anyone. No one around me had the life that I knew that I wanted, desired, and deserved. So I just went to the smartest entity that I had access to in that moment. Of course, there's God. But there's also Google. So mm-hmm. God was talking through the Google. And I Googled, how do you become rich? Literally, those were the words. How do you become rich? I love it. Okay. 
Oh, it's all about the question. A lot of people think it's about the answers, but it's not about the answers. It's about you find the best question to ask, you will get the perfect answer. So I Googled how to become rich and a lot of things came up. You could only imagine, like, I mean, 20 something pages of Google results. So I started working on my question and it was, how do I become passively rich? Because all the things we're saying to do the most. And I was like, yeah. so I'm working this job and I have no extra time here. So we're not going to do the most. I need to do the least. And what came up was investing and what came up was entrepreneurship. And what I realized now is that I was actually trying to Google, how do I become passively self-made? Ooh, that was I the like that. Question. Passively self-made. Yes. Yeah. That is. I, lo I love that you can start with a question though, and then refine it. I always tell my clients to just ask better questions. So, you know, when you want to invest in a course, for example, it's not, to email me or DM me and say, why is the course so expensive? <laughs> it's, to, it's to ask yourself, right? Like, what do I need to do to be in that space? Who do I need to become to be in this space where these elevated conversations are going on? But when you ask a different question, like you said, you're, you're going to get different answers. You're, you're going to definitely attract, um, you know, just new ways of thinking. I think a, an elevated consciousness about what's available to you. Absolutely. And there's a question I love to ask myself when I'm thinking about if an investment is for me or not for me. And oftentimes there's, you know, I want you to picture the evil person on your one shoulder and like the angel on your other shoulder. And they might not be evil and good, but it's still multiple sides of you trying to express yourself. Right. And so that's that internal dialogue. And it's like, no, I can't do this. Who am I to join an investing course or who am I to join a membership to get my life in order? And then there's the other person on your shoulder who's like, well, who are you not to do this? Mm -hmm. And that is the question that has really guided me. It was, it is, who are you not to do this? Who am I not to become as wealthy as I can be the wealthiest person in the room? Who am I not to be able to teach this, right? Who am I not to, and I get it, right? Everyone, we all have our moments, but who are you not to? And the last part of that is, but in spite of. So yes, it's true. I have a learning disability. Yes, it's true that at times I get really anxious. Yes, it's true that I have a whole heap of family and sometimes I'm afraid that they're going to ask me for money, right? But in spite of, it's going to work out because mm -hmm. it just is, right? Because why would it not? Yeah. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. 
Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. So you did that Google search. It led you down this path to figure out how you could become passively self-made. And when you heard entrepreneurship and investing, which one did you pursue first? Oh, I did both. <laughs> Ooh, okay, let's talk about it. I did both. And so for me, I'm I'm the person where I'm just going to try everything, right? And I had to learn that it, there is benefits to doing things in a process, but I was just so back against the wall in a hard place at that moment in my life. I just had to try things. So I said, well, if both are supposed to work, let's just try both. I tried a jewelry business where I would make repurposed jewelry. I'd go to thrift stores and buy earrings and I'd make them into rings. And then I'd sell the rings for like 25 bucks and in stores, right? Around New York mm -hmm. City. And that was going really well. And then at the same time, I take that money, whatever extra I had from paying my bills, I would invest in stocks. So I would, if I couldn't afford one share of something, and at the time I remember really wanting Amazon because I was getting so many of my jewelry making supplies from Amazon mm -hmm. and I really wanted to just own that, right? Give me some of my money back. And it was, whew, it was like 2,500 a share. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to afford this? And now it's so beautiful because now Amazon is not that much. Now it's like 200. They had a split. Mm -hmm. It's more accessible. But I'm telling you this to tell you that I had to plan for my investments. I had to literally save up a whole month, two months to get enough to put it down. I remember using my tax refund and saying, you know what? This money's going to be going anyway. Let's just be real. Either I'm going to figure out some luxurious vacation or I can invest it in my future and know that I'm owning something. Mm -hmm. And I would just invest my tax returns. Right. And so it was started off little by little by little. And then at some point I got too tired doing the jewelry business because running around from shop to shop and inventory, I just stopped that part and I focused on my passive investing. Oh, wow. Okay. I love this. Okay. So take us down this road of the passive investing though, because let me see, going back to your bio, we're talking about you know, still hotel owner, real estate investor, angel investor, take us through like what you're doing and how each one came about. For me, when I think about stock investing, and I always talk about stock investing first, and I lead with that because that was the least barrier to entry for me as an investor. I didn't necessarily have thousands of dollars to put down in a down payment. And I also knew that I would need to have access to my money if I should need it in the future, right? So there was no real savings plan. Again, something that a lot of folks are like, what? You didn't have an emergency? I was like, well, technically this money's over here and it's not making money. So I'm gonna put 500 in an account and I'm gonna just keep it if I have one of those like now emergencies and every <laughs> other emergency for that, it can wait 24 to 48 hours for me to liquidate a stock. But when you think about real estate, it's not like that, right? If you need that money, it is tied up. You can, equity is nothing if the market is down, right? Like all these things they don't tell you, which I am sure Patrice, you know, from your journey. <laughs> from Absolutely. $2 million in debt. I know. Yeah. You know. yeah. And so those are the things that I, I, I really talk about when people are thinking about what asset to invest in. So for me, I say stocks is my go-to and because stocks 
work so well, where as I'm out living my best life or not living my best life, they're still growing in the background, right? Because I actually do research on them. And I'm thinking I may spend a couple hours now researching a company, but if I do my research right, it's going to pay me for the rest of my life. So I'm okay with just doing it for a couple and then going on. So what I have is something called a wealth stack. And it's something that I'm massaging out and I'm writing a book about in the future, but it's how do you use investments to purchase other investments? Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done with my stocks, right? So I've had really great success with my stocks, created a six-figure portfolio, and I was able to liquidate some of those companies and then purchase, say, purchase real estate. Um, I remember when we got the two hotels, right? And so I'm a partner with other investors or 20 other investors, and we pulled together to purchase two hotels. And I did that because I really wanted a new house. I wanted to move, but guess what? The house didn't want me because the interest rates were, were, were so are so high and the prices are so high. And so I just had this money sitting here that we saved. And I was like, so this money got to go to work, right? I'm almost like that person who has adult kids and like, oh no, you can't be up in my house not working. <laughs> if you under my social, you need to be doing something. Oh, so, I like that. <laughs> period, right? Yeah. And so that's the way I am with my money. It's like, well, what are we doing? Because you ain't just going to be here look, smooching off of me. You need to go and work. And so that money wants to go work in the hotels. And I'm very happy with that investment um, because I have two hotels. When I go, you know, the feeling you get when you go to a hotel and you check in and you pull out your credit card and they're like, no, no, we don't need a credit card from you. You own it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. You're right. I could just go in the kitchen at night and just get, get some yogurt because <laughs> I'm hungry. Yes, I can. So that's kind of a little bit about how how it happened, but it's really systematic. I didn't just go straight into a hotel because right. I can't get that hotel money back for like at least three years. And I'm okay with that because when it comes back, it's going to be triple, but I always have to cover myself, right? In terms of, am I going to need this money right now? And if not, we have plans for it. Oh, this is so good. This week's episode is sponsored by Ethos Life. To redefine wealth, it's so important that we protect what matters most. As a purpose chaser, I know you believe in the power of life insurance, but you don't always feel like you have enough time in your full life to stop and figure it all out. And I get it. Traditional life insurance has been historically confusing, expensive, and time-consuming. But Ethos focuses on creating a seamless customer experience with a 100% online application process. By eliminating medical exams and blood tests, Ethos is able to cover people in minutes instead of weeks. You just answer a few health questions online. The application is fast. You can get a quote in seconds, apply in minutes, and in most cases, get coverage in the same day. To learn more about Ethos and get your free life insurance quote, visit patricewashington.com ethos. That's patricewashington.com ethos. So I know that you have the the happy investor method. Um, I saw a blog post that you wrote about the five key components of the happy investor method. Can we go through those for the audience? Um, the first one was knowledge. It's about academic training resources. Um, you just talked about, you know, basically doing your homework on a stock. What does that even entail? That entails, oh, loaded question. So <laughs> I'm going to try to- High level, high. very, very high level. <laughs> I'm going to do the aerial view. Yeah. Uh, 
And so when you think about knowledge, there's the knowledge that we have right through our school system. And then there's a the knowledge that we have to supplement the lack of knowledge that we've had. Right. So we know that they don't teach us everything in school. So we have to go out and actually get education elsewhere because we don't have to stay in the position we're born into. Right. This day and age. I'm so thankful that there's education. And I'm saying this as a person who wasn't really the best student in school. But I realized that I wasn't the best because the information wasn't presented in a way that I can actually absorb it. And I was also in New York City public education. So I was really just a number. So I love when people can actually go inside of a module or I can just go online and it's just me and my safe space. And I could just click play and I can listen. I could pause it and write my notes. I can say, okay, I'm going to stop this. The kids need something and I could come back to it. I think education has changed so much from the time that we were born. And as mm-hmm. a result, I believe we have no reason, no reason. The fact that we could actually pay someone to teach us the way, I have no problem with that. Because before, when my parents were growing up and my ancestors, they could have had all the money in the world and no one was willing to teach them. So that's why yeah. I always say education, like learn from someone else's mistakes, just the way I learned from my dad's mistake. And I got educated and I invested a lot of money in education, probably just as much as my undergrad. I invested in, in other people's courses. I invested in being in the room, going to conferences, retreats, being courageous, all of those things, invested in courses to public speak because I'm an introvert mm-hmm. and used to make my belly hurt. Just all these mm-hmm. things, just to make sure that I am who I need to be for when the opportunity comes. I love that. Angela, I can honestly say between my undergrad and graduate school tuition, I probably have invested three times that in my personal and professional development outside of school. Same thing with coaches, with mentoring, with retreats, with events, when you put it all together, the travel to get there, the hotel state, like all the things, the online programs, the courses, the, all the things. And I, I feel the same way, like the wide variety of ways that you can receive information now. Like if you want to do something self-paced versus you want to have close proximity, you know, to whomever so that you can get your questions answered one-on-one, like Wherever you are at this stage in the game, there is just too much out there to keep acting like, you don't know, I always tell my clients, you're not confused. You have too much access to information to pretend to be confused. You refuse to make a decision and, and a commitment. And that's essentially what you started this whole thing with. Like everything starts with a decision and a commitment, but to, to still act like you don't have access to information is wild. Like, it's just not true. It is wild. And I think it's just information paralysis for a lot of us. I'll be honest, probably, where it's just so much and you don't know the way to go, right? And that's okay. But you have to choose something, right? It's information paralysis, but I can't tell you how many courses I took and it was not the answer for me, but it didn't stop me from from going on. Yeah. And I always say too, I don't have scarcity mindset about anything that I invest in. Meaning I don't need to understand or observe, absorb, excuse me, a hundred percent of what's in the course. I look at courses and programs and coaches and all this stuff like a buffet. I just need to, I know I'm hungry for something. I know my soul, my intellect is yearning for some 
nugget of information, some next best step. And if I come to the buffet, I don't care how much sirloin is here. I don't even eat meat, but you know, I don't care if you have steak, ribeye, this and that. If all I want is the salad, I'm going to get a salad and I'm going to be satisfied because I know that's what I needed to nourish what I have going on in this moment. And so scarcity mindset doesn't kick in and allow me to go, well, if I didn't taste everything on the buffet, this place was trash. <laughs> like, no, I just need to come get whatever my next best step is. And I've learned too, sometimes it's not tangible. Sometimes it's the mindset and awareness. Because once I come into an awareness that something is possible, now we really, you know, now we're really off to the races. And that is actually number two. You talk about mindfulness and awareness. Approach every move you make with understanding that this could potentially be used in your investment strategy. But that mindfulness and awareness sometimes is a big reason why we invest in courses or memberships or programs or whatever. Can you just uh, touch on that? Yes. When you think of mindfulness, you just really have to think about, is this serving me and my highest good, period, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a you now and there's the you in the future. And I always think a lot of us don't think about the us in the future as in that's tomorrow. People think about the future in terms of five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. But one thing you have to really be present to is the moment that you're in this very moment that we are in right now is a product of the past. We are sitting in our future. This very moment right now was the dream board that you made from years ago. This very moment that you're in right now was the prayer that you put up. This very moment that you're in right now was literally something that you desired in your heart and we're sitting in it. And so there's something that we need to think about in this moment, which is a gratitude that, oh, it worked right? Mm-hmm. Our, yeah. our prayers, our words, our desires, it's working. It worked. And then there's a moment where we get to reflect on, well, is this exactly what I thought it was going to be like, right? Some of us, we want to get those six-figure jobs and we work our butts off to get them. And then you're in it and you're like, whoa. So I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. And <laughs> the way these taxes look with this house that I really, really wanted, there are just so many things that you didn't know. So for me, my prayer is always, Lord, prepare me for the next step today. And when you think about your mindset, that's what you're doing. You're preparing yourself for that future moment where you're like, no, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be like. And I am so thankful. And there's no corrections. There's no anything. There are no modifications. And all you have to do is say a vote of thanks to yourself for taking, for trusting and for doing what you needed to do. So that's why I think about the mindfulness, because when we think about our investments, a lot of times, you know, right now people are in this now, now, nowness, right? Like a microwave society. I just want to do this and I want to get this out. But we're not realizing that our current situations are a result of this microwave mentality. Mm. It's because we are always thinking about what the next immediate moment in gratification is. And this is something that I really lean in on on other cultures and other, right? I'm a woman of color. And when I look at them, I mean, the delayed gratification is real where they're thinking about the next hundred years. I'm like, friend, you telling me this and you 50, uh, next hundred years, I'm pretty sure you won't be here, but that's what they're thinking about. So how can we incorporate that into our mindfulness of our investments? How can we invest in things that are going to be here that long? And how can we just invest in ourselves? Not just today. Oh, so good. Let me ask you a question. 
Have you ever felt that deep yearning inside? It's like a whisper in your soul telling you that there is more to how you are living today. There's more than just climbing the corporate ladder and being content. There's more than how we've been taught to pursue wealth and financial success. There's more than just the good title and the house and the cars, there's more. I believe that there's a world of infinite possibilities waiting for you. And I want to invite you to join me in Atlanta, Georgia from October 6th through 8th for Redefining Wealth Live, where our theme is meant for more. This three-day experience is intended to help you get off autopilot, discover your deepest desires, and authentically manifest your dreams. I'm talking about transformational teachings, transformational connections, and transformational experiences that will help you create greater harmony, peace, and joy as you pursue professional pursuits, but do it with your desires in mind. This inaugural event is themed meant for more because I truly believe that you were born on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. Do not let fear or doubt hold you back from getting in this room, even if you have to come alone. Secure your seat at Redefining Wealth Live by visiting redefiningwealthlive.com. That's redefiningwealthlive.com. You, Purpose Chaser, are meant for more, and I can't wait to guide you on this remarkable journey of true internal and external transformation. I'll see you in Atlanta. Number three is consistency and discipline. Ooh, consistency and discipline is so there are a lot of people who just get apps, right? And all of who doesn't have Robinhood or Stash or something, right? You heard it. Oh, I can be an investor. And I love that people make a decision to do that. But I also really get worried about not following through to the next steps of actually having a strategy or being consistent with it. So you ever meet the person who's the smartest in the room and you're like, oh my gosh, you are so smart. You are like a Renaissance person. And then when you check them out and you check and see where they are in their life and you thought they would have been so much, I don't want to say ahead, but in a different place, mm -hmm. it's like the wax poetic person at, at the party. And then the reason when you check into why they're not there, the vision you have for them, it's because they lack that commitment and consistency. They get bored and they get tired and they want to try something new instead of trying to figure out why the past thing didn't work. Mm -hmm. Just the whole truth. I'm a self-taught investor. And I think one of the reasons why the method works so well is because there isn't an investment that I have not analyzed twice over when it didn't do what I did, what I wanted. If I have an investment and it goes south, I don't just say, oh, dang, this isn't for me. I actually study what happened here. Could I have navigated this differently? Could I have shifted? And when analyzing what went wrong, I get so much more power and insight to see coming up the road, the next investment. And if it looks anything like that other Snapchat, well, now I know I'm not messing with you, right? And so that's the thing. We want to start thinking about consistency because you need to learn from those mistakes. You can't avoid the school of hard knocks. You just can't. But you only get there through consistency. Yeah. Ooh. That is so good. We have this thing that we say in my programs to always remind folks that we can't do a million things once and be upset that we haven't mastered anything. We have to choose fewer things that we're going to do a million times. So, you know, from entrepreneurship, especially in the online space, if you do a launch and it doesn't go well, that doesn't mean move on. 
and recreate a whole new program and then go create a whole nother program and then just keep doing all this stuff. It means, no, look at what happened, test and tweak and do it again and do it again and do it again. Not, okay, I'm just moving on. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, that didn't work. Do you see that people or do you feel that people do that a lot in investing? They they put their toes in, something doesn't work and then they just run and never do anything again? They do. And it's one of the biggest mistakes that people make when starting out there, because there's a part of us that's always waiting to say like, see, it's not going to work. I told you. And so the second they see that their investment goes down a little bit, something kicks in that person, that side of them. That's like, see, I told you, you wouldn't be good at this. And then they say, well, you know, investing isn't for me. Nobody is around me is doing it. Who was I to think that I could do it? And the thing is, it's like you pull yourself out the game when you were just in the trials. And it was like, dude, this was just the trials. You weren't even in the game game, right? Like you, you, you could have gotten this huge deal if you just stepped your foot on the court, but you just didn't put in the effort. You didn't keep pushing through. I do think with investing, there is a bit of a tough skin required because it's like, if you're an entrepreneur, I think it's harder to be honest, because an entrepreneur, you get a lot of no's, right? Mm -hmm. And in investing, you may see something go down $3, but then it'll come back up like 10. You never know where it's going to go, but over time it does go up, right? The average of it all. Mm -hmm. But with entrepreneurship, it's a different breed. So I wish people took their gumption, I don't even know if that's a word, (laughs) took their, I wish people took the resolve they had for making everything else in their life work out to making their investments and their money work out. Oh, say that again. That is so good. I wish we took the same drive, determination, and mindset to making all of the other things in our lives work out to having our money work out. The same drive and commitment you have to look and fly, the same drive and commitment that you have to being a great parent or a great uh, son or daughter, the same drive and commitment you have to show up every day to someone else's job, the same drive and commitment you have every day to show up to your clients if you're an entrepreneur, the same drive and commitment you have to go and vote, the same drive and commitment you have to go to church, the same drive and commitment you have to go to the gym or to even eat something healthier, what would your life look like if you had the same drive and commitment to your money? Oh, that is so good. That is so good. That leads me to point number four, which is about community. And this is why I do believe we need to put ourselves in spaces with people who have that commitment and drive, because sometimes you need to see it, to believe it, to mirror it, right? And you talk about just understanding that no one person is an island and we can learn from each other, from the good and the bad, from the mistakes, you know, and from the triumphs. and. I know personally, going back to how we've invested in ourselves, so much of my resilience, I would say, and my resolve comes from the fact that I've seen people fail and keep going. And so I know that when something happens, it's not the end of the world. I know that a lot of these things are temporary. I don't see them as permanent, you know, setbacks. I see it as like a temporary thing. Let me figure out the lessons, you know, I can feel my feelings. But that is not a reason to get out of the game. Like I'm going for the gold. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm here to the tape. And you talk about community being important um, in this whole journey as well. What does community mean to you when it comes to investing? 
Well, I love that you said you love seeing other people make their mistakes because it proves to you that you're going to pretty much survive, that you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And there's something that our nervous system requires, right? There's a fight or a flight. And the same way that we were early on in the day, if you saw someone put their neck out there and literally lose their life for it, you're not going to mess with it. But if you see someone put their neck out there and survive, right, and then even build back up stronger, you're going to realize that, wow, just like Patrice said, this is something that I can do. Well, here's the thing about community. The way our society is built, we don't necessarily say all of these things publicly because it's not really safe outside in the wilderness, right? That's how you really get your neck cut off for some of us or not, but that's really a big belief system that a lot of us have. Mm -hmm. But when you think about community, especially paid for communities, well, we're all here in this protected container and it's okay to let the the veil down. It's okay to say like, hey, this is what's working and this is what's not working because we're not gonna be seen as not strong. We're not going to be seen as someone who is a fraud or we're not going to be seen as someone who's not trying hard enough. We're gonna be seen for just who we are in that moment and loved up on, hopefully if you're in the right container and loved up on. And not only will people see you for who you are, but they're gonna help elevate you to where you wanna be. And they're gonna be able to spot those blind spots that you might not necessarily have. So community is huge, right? And I'm a fan of people. There's so many different communities and you don't have to have a community for every little thing, but I can tell you that I'm a part of four communities that really drive who I am. And so sometimes people are like, no, I'm already in a community. Yeah, but if everybody in that community isn't doing what you want to do, well, maybe it's time to find another community. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean to drop the old one. It just means to find an addition. Do the book. Yeah, I'm in several communities too. And it's really because, as you know, I live my life by the six pillars of wealth. And I don't expect the people who hold me maybe accountable in my fit pillar um, to be the people who hold me accountable in the money pillar. Like when I want to go deeper in some area of life, I seek out the support that I need in that area for the season that I need it. Some of them are, uh, you know, masterminds or small groups I've been a part of for years and some things I'm just a part of for six months. I just need to get what I need to get, you know, and move on. So I love that community definitely makes a difference. And the last point was about being unbiased and being detached from the outcome. And I know so many of us get so emotionally attached when we're like, it's my money and I'm putting it in this thing. How, what, what do you say to people who are, they are super attached to the outcome of what happens with their investments? When you think about investing, it is like any relationship that you have. And so you want to think about, is this really the way I would treat someone that I'm dating? Is this really how I am going to treat my child. So a lot of people, if an investment goes down, they're out, right? They're like, you know what? This is why I couldn't mess with you anyway, right? And I would encourage you to explore where else in your life that is showing up. And then you also have people who hold on to investments and they could be doing so bad. And they're like, no, Johnny's a good boy. No, GoPro is a good company. You just don't know. GoPro, you don't know what they've been through. Like I do. Right? (laughs) And you're like, no, bro, stop. It's No, it's a company and it's supposed to give you money. So you want to think about how do you, in those moments, when you are triggered to leave, you want to create a guide for yourself, right? An SOP, right? An operating procedure for, hey, in the moment when I feel like leaving, 
is this the reason why? Is it because I it's triggering my abandonment issues? Is it because I had this radical expectation of it to make me a millionaire, even though I own like a hundred dollars worth? Is it because whole word? That's is, a whole word. Is it because, you know, I it's making me feel unworthy and that I don't know what I'm doing. Is that why I'm leaving the table? And so when I think about being unbiased, it's you want to advocate for the investor you in the future. And you want to say, hey, investor, for me, investor Ange, right? Investor Ange, is this a move that that I should be worried about right now or is it not? Is this a move that is just going to pass over? Is this something that's going to just figure itself out or is it not? And I go into that investor Ange, right? Because investor Ange in my head, she's all knowing, unbiased and just a badass at making money. So that's one thing I do offer people for if you want to create this avatar to check yourself because we're still ourselves. Just because you become an investor doesn't mean you stop being yourself. It just means you're yourself with with investments. Oh, this is why we always talk about starting with the fit pillar though. Like the fit pillar is about not just being physically well, but mentally well. And, you know, in financial psychology, what you were describing is that, that sunken cost fallacy, right? Where people are like, I know it's losing, but emotionally I'm so tied to this that I'm just going to keep hoping for the best and hoping for the best. And like, I'm just, I'm going to keep putting, what do they say? Good money after bad. And I'm just going to keep going and keep going. Um, So I love that you talk about detaching. I always say that I'm committed to the vision, but I'm not attached to how I get there. And that has really served me in, in every area of my life. You know, when I start to just become so attached to the, the, the flow or what happens or who the players are, what I wanted to see versus thinking about 60-year-old Patrice or 50-year-old Patrice or 45-year-old Patrice and going, no, I'm look, I'm committed to seeing her be a wealthy and well woman. So if my attachment to these people, places, things, investment, whatever is, is going to prevent that, something got to go. Like I have to be willing to release something or shift something or up my education and something has to happen, right? And I really feel, especially the conversations I've had with women over these last several months, as I've been leading my mastermind and the micro minds and um, just my own conversations with girlfriends, especially those of us who are going through transitions of some kind, that it is so important for everyone, but for women in particular, to shift their mindsets about this idea of wealth stacking, the way that you talk about it. Um, shift their ideas of what's possible for their investment strategies and not making things harder than it has to be. Like we can do this the happy investor way. Um, And just really take more control because I'll be a thousand percent transparent. And I think I shared this with you before, Angela. In my marriage, in my previous marriage, I actually deferred a lot of the investing to my ex-husband and was not very present in it at all. Like I knew we had stuff going on. I focused on just the retirement plans and then like, you know, regular savings and making sure debt elimination and all that stuff was going. I didn't really, I didn't have the bandwidth or just the desire to be quite honest. And then coming out of it, I realized how many things could have been done differently. And 
what I coulda, shoulda, woulda. And this, and I'm someone who has been called America's money maven for over a decade. And I'm like, if that could happen, if I could fall into that, um, I can only imagine what the women in my audience are experiencing, right? When you are not the money, the money maven or the money expert or the personal finance, this or that, I can only imagine. And so I wanted you to be our guest expert because this is an area that I'm strengthening in this season and and a journey that I want to take like all the women in my audience on so that we just feel stronger and more more sure and more secure in this area without all of the the outside noise that would have us to feel like we're not equipped or prepared to do so. And also you're going to feel so much more empowered. I think a lot of our decisions around what we want to do in the world, who we want to be, the relationships that we have and change and start really are impacted by our finances. And if you learn to invest personally and you have your own personal story and testament and truth about it, really you're going to be unstoppable in terms of what can't you do because you have the money and the financing to back it. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So before I let you go, I need to ask you our redefining wealth rapid wisdom questions. The first one is how do you define success? What you're left with when you try your hardest. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Um, how do you define wealth in three words or less? Always ever flowing. Yes. Okay. Uh, what's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Uh, you are a badass with money. Jen, she was on the show too. Love her. Okay. And fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Angela. And to me, the truth about wealth is it's a tool that can build an airplane. And it is one of the most humbling things that can have you understand your true purpose in life. Oh my gosh, wasn't that fantastic? Don't I always tell you that these guests and these conversations are going to be a blessing to you? Listen, if this was a blessing, just drop me a comment, rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel, do something. Because whenever you take action, not only will you be reminded when the next episode comes out, but you also help us spread the word. There are so many people out there who are doing this journey alone. They don't even know that there's a community of us who believe in redefining wealth and who believe in chasing purpose, not money. And with your support, we hit the algorithms and we spread the word and we bring more like-hearted and like-minded people into this community. So I do need your help. I can't do this alone. Also, don't forget that if you still need to understand what the six pillars of wealth are, you can go to patricewashington.com forward slash start here and get acclimated understand what all these areas of life are that are impacting your finances even when you're not thinking about it and of course come chat with me on instagram seek wisdom pcw it is really me in the comments engaging with you in real time and i love hearing your thoughts and your feedbacks and seeing your feedback and seeing you share uh, the episodes that really resonate with you. So always feel free to tag me. I'll reshare you if I can. And I love chatting with you in the comments. Until next time, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever feeling like you have to chase money. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm.